So, Besiat Rashmaya, thank you guys for joining. Great to see everybody again. I was traveling last week, so we did not have Shiurim, but it's amazing to jump back in with it. With, with you, two hours Shiurim, Besiat Rashmaya. So, thank you all for being here, making the time to come and learn with all of us as a Chabura. What a privilege to learn these teachings together, Be'ezus Hashem Izbarach. So, I'm going to share my screen so that we can see the sources together. As we take a look, at Sichas Haran, Ayin Aleph, Sichas Haran 71. This is where we're up to in our Limud. And it's a phenomenal place to be because it's a tremendously, tremendously foundational teaching from Rabbi Nachman, that applies most specifically to the male experience, as we're going to see. However, this is something that's relevant to everybody, to every single human being, and can be applied to our own struggles, our own challenges, our own pitfalls, the place in life, or the places in life, where we feel that we can use chizuk, strengthening, and self-understanding, and most importantly, as we're going to learn, self-compassion. So let's take a look at this teaching from Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. May his merit stand by us and all of our families and all of those that are privileged to be learning his teachings. And the Rebbe says over here, With regard to what's written in the Zohar Kaddish, the book of splendor, the textbook of Jewish mysticism, where Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai teaches what appears to be an extremely harsh and severe verdict on a very common experience of challenge within the experience of being a human being. Where the tzaddik writes, Shal pegam habris, that with regard to the blemishing of the bris, an experience of immorality that leads to a certain self-gratification that involves life-giving essence ultimately being wasted and sent to a place where it's not able to take root and to produce offspring to bring souls into the world, but instead it becomes cheapened and instead it becomes an experience of self gratification of ego as opposed to being experienced within the context of a loving relationship in a proper way, in a holy way, in a way of Kedusha, in a productive way. The Zara says the scary, terrible thing. Ein moil tshuva. Tshuva, repentance, does not help for this particular Avera for this particular sin, which isn't recorded overtly in the Torah, at least not in Torah Shabbat although it's hinted to in the sin of Er and others who Chazal understood were engaged in this kind of behavior, but which is developed in the Torah Shabbat Peh, in different Gemaras throughout Shas, and particularly in the Zara Kaddish, is understood to be something that's extremely, extremely damaging in a spiritual sense. And because the spiritual and the material are linked, and the spiritual and the emotional are linked, it becomes an experience that's extremely harmful on every level of the psyche. Now, obviously, as we've been exploring throughout these shiurim, our, our attempt in learning these Torahs, and our attempt in connecting ourselves to Rabbi Nachman, and our attempt in joining together as a chabura to get to the essence of Yiddishkeit, we understand that nothing is as it appears on the surface. And that when we use the word sin and we use the word spiritually destructive, it's very deep and it's very nuanced. And we have to understand what this is in the context of each person's story and each person's journey, which we'll get to in the, in, in the sources. And what tshuva means in this context is not necessarily, I, I, I did something wrong and I have to do tshuva for it. Sometimes it's a matter of understanding our tendency to behave in certain ways as not 
Yetzer Hara in the classical sense, like I have an evil inclination that drives me towards certain behaviors, it goes deeper. We can understand on a more nuanced level that I'm seeking something in this behavior. It's a symptom of something far deeper, far deeper that cuts to the core of my identity, of my journey, of my story, many times of my upbringing. What I'm trying to seek in this Rabbi Nachman said that the Yetzirah is no longer to be called the Yetzirah. He changed the name. Rabbi Nachman changed the name of the Yetzirah. Breslover Hasidim, don't talk about the Yetzirah. Rabbi Nachman said it is hereforth called the Koyach HaDimyan. It's the force of Dimyan, the force of illusion and delusion, self-delusion. That's what the Yetzirah is. Not an evil inclination that's pushing us toward this kind of way of, of acting. And that's not what we're after in falling into these behaviors, whether for the, for the men in a literal sense and for the women in any kind of self-focused gratification that moves one away from a life focused on the other, focused on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the ultimate other, focused on others and focused on the neshama. It's something that seeks to drag us down. It, it's not, it's not Yetzahara. It's, it's, it's a dimyon. It's a kayach dimyon. And it speaks to a certain part of us that's lost and that's wandering and that's seeking something, that's looking for something. And that happens currently to be looking in places that will perpetuate this kind of angst that leads one to seek numbing experiences, whether in this case, in the realm of sexuality, or in any area of the human experience that can lead one to a certain feeling of escape. We need to understand this more deeply in our generation. It's not an Indian of Yetzirah, and a person's bad, and a person's evil, and a person is, is, is such a Russia, and, 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 and how could a person be acting in such a, in, in, in such a lowly, coarse way? It cuts, it cuts much deeper than that. There's a dimyan. And our job in this world in battling the Yetzirah really means unraveling the Dimyan, unraveling the layers of Dimyan that lead us to seek experiences that we come to depend on to numb the pain of a disconnected existence. Something else. But I'll call upon him in whatever form we're going to talk about this Indian, this Nakud of Pegama Bris, which our generation, it's been called the battle of our generation. What, what we struggle with, what I struggle with, what, what all of us struggle with in such an intense way because of the exposure and because of the culture and because of many different factors that have led to this challenge being intensified a thousandfold, a millionfold from what previous generations were dealing with, but which has always existed. However, we're going to speak about it. Black on white, the Zohar Kaddish tells us, ain moyel tshuva. Tshuva doesn't work. However, we're going to interpret tshuva in this context. Tshuva, regret, wanting to change our ways, to return to Hashem, to access a deeper level of Kedusha that we feel that we may be disconnected from in behaving in certain ways. Ain moyel tshuva doesn't work. It doesn't work. One cannot return from these behaviors, rectify these behaviors, fix these blemishes. And that's like a death sentence. Man. That's, a, that's a terrible, terrible thing. Because every person experiences some form of this challenge, whether it just remains on a, on a level of Shemir Senayim, looking where we shouldn't, whether it remains or, or progresses to certain behaviors. And then within those behaviors, physically speaking, emotionally speaking, so many different shades of attraction and, and different nuances that particularly in our generation are proliferating in such an extreme way. Everyone's struggling with some form of this on one level or another. And again, if it's not in the realm of sexuality, pick another, pick another realm where we seek escape, whether it's food, whether it's time-wasting, frittering away our, our precious time on, 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 on social media or anything else that we feel and understand to be unhealthy on whatever level of our functionality but that we can't seem to break free from. But the Zohar Kaddish referring to this behavior particularly, what's called moiti zera levatala, pegama bris, ein moyel tshuva. 
Tshuva doesn't help. Amar Rabbeinu Zuchern Levracha. Rabbi Nachman, with all the confidence necessary for an achrein, achrein, achreinim, 200 years ago, 200 plus years ago, to stand up and to address something that's written in Chazal, in the Zara Kaddish, Rabbi Nachman said, She'ein hadavar kein. It's not true. That's not the case. Rak al hakol mo'il tshuva. Tshuva works for everything. Tshuva is always accessible, regardless of what a person feels stuck in. Al hakol mo'il tshuva. Tshuva always works. That, well, so how do you understand this? I mean, just one line earlier in this piece, we quote from the Zara Kadosh, where Shem says, Ein mo'il tshuva, it does not help. And Rabbi Nachman over here says, She'ein hadavar kein, it, it's not true. Tshuva does help. But the Zara Kadosh meant to say something, so what was he saying? We're going to see, Be'ezer Hashem, we're going to develop different layers of understanding. But in the context of this teaching, Rabbi Nachman says, the pshat of it is certainly not true. She'ein hadavar kein. And a Jew has to know, al hakol mo'il tshuva. No matter where you are in life, and no matter what you've been struggling with, and no matter what you've fallen into, and no matter how long you feel you've been stuck in a self-perpetuating cycle of shame, and then escape, and then guilt, and then shame, and then escape, and then shame, and then guilt, and so on and so forth, for however many years or decades. Al hakol mo'il tshuva. Tshuva always works. Always. That's what tshuva is. There's no exception. Va'amar, and then addressing the fact that the Zohar Kaddish black on white says that tshuva doesn't work. Va'amar, Rabbi Nachman said, when it comes to this line, this teaching from Rabbi Shem Barichai, that Tzadik said there is no one in the world who understands the meaning of the Zohar Kaddish other than Rabbi Nachman himself. Rakhulavad. The Rebbe said, I understand the pshat in this. He didn't reveal what the pshat is, but he said there is a pshat and I understand it uniquely. But what you need to know and what I need to know and what all of us as Talmidim of Rabbi Nachman, need to understand is that al-hakol mayol tshuva. The haklal and the general understanding is shebe'emes that in truth mayol tshuva bevade al Of course tshuva works for this Chet, which we like to translate as missing, stepping off. Koyachadimian, falling into delusion of one kind or another. Of course it works. Even if a person has not just slipped into this once or twice, but a person is sunk into this filthy experience. For many days and many weeks and many months and many years and maybe many decades. Of course, tshuva works. Tshuva always works. We've already learned both from Rabbi Nachman and from other tzaddikim earlier, tzaddikim, the Rambam, what does tshuva mean? Tshuva means making a clean break from yesterday. And fostering enough hope in one's heart that we can once more come to believe that I can change. And that I'm accepting upon myself to be better. And in the particularity of this specific struggle, Pagama Bris, of immorality of one kind or another, or its derivatives, like we've learned, whatever's relevant for you in your life and for me in my life. This means to make practical changes to analyze and assess what has led to this stumbling, what has led to this slip or acting out or failure of one kind or another, 
not meeting my expectations and what I know I should be holding on to and the level that I should be living at to assess that and to make practical changes. What do I need to do to, 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 to plug up this hole in my filter? What do I need to do maybe to get another filter? What, what do I need to do to avoid walking in this particular way if I can walk somewhere else? where I'm not going to encounter whatever it is that I'm finding it challenging to withhold myself from looking at, whatever it is. It's a constant, constant process. And we're constantly self-correcting, recalculating, recalculating. I never saw a GPS that gave up, you know? person took so many long turns and it just said, okay, finished. And it reroutes you back home. There's a certain confidence that the, that the technology of the GPS has that there is a destination. It presumes you have a working vehicle. And no matter how many wrong turns you take, it doesn't fetch and complain and start to, start to berate you for taking a wrong turn and how could you. It shifts gears and it recalculates. It shifts gears and it recalculates. And it sets you back up on course, however many U-turns it may take, so that you can head back toward the destination. And the Rebbe says that's the Iker Tshuva. The premise of this is hope. Not to give up hope. With the realization that the journey is the destination. And that we learn things along the way as we're going to see Be'ezer Hashem. And we can self-correct and we can put band-aids in the places that need band-aids and we can sew up all the tears and we can keep on moving toward the destination of Kedusha, of elevated living. And the Rebbe elaborates a little bit and says, you're going to encounter this challenge again. That's life. A premise for the mitzvah that we say three times a day. A premise of that mitzvah is that it's within our nature to be drawn after these things. That's a premise. So there's no way of avoiding it. That's life. That's a l'chatchila of life. That's called being human. So we're going to have to go through these experiences again and to be tested there again. Such important words, these four words. Listen to the way that the Rebbe talks. The Rebbe doesn't say, oh, when he gets his act together, or, 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 or you know, when he, when he can finally stop acting like a Russia and like a terrible person, and when he can, when he can finally start acting with some seichel. Those are not the words the Rebbe uses. What does it mean to get close to Hashem? It's not a matter of shame or guilt. It's a matter of understanding the shayrish of these kinds of behaviors that ultimately are rooted in a certain self-cruelty. Because it's not about restricting ourselves to an uninteresting, boring life so that we can somehow follow some archaic rules and maybe get Olam Haba one day. There's no sweeter way of existing in this world than existing in a state of hagdara of being mugdar, of coming to a level of self-awareness, self-compassion, self-confidence, self-control. That's the gift of Yiddishkeit. And trying to align ourselves with this kind of experience is called ukeshemirachim al-atzmai. That's all that Hashem wants. It's not about making us feel guilty because somehow we're not doing His bidding and we're being unfaithful and we're being rebellious servants. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah because He wants us to live the sweetest, most delicious life, the healthiest life, the most elevated, deep, conscious, awake, settled life. So the Rebbe says that's called working on Tikkun Abris. It's, it's, not, it's not this like intense, terrible inner battle. It's, it's called fostering self-compassion. Strangely enough, and we'll get into this a little bit deeper in the notes, but strangely enough, and we might need two shirim for this, we'll see. Strangely enough, the mahalich that most people use to work on this issue because it's rooted in a certain very negative self-image. How could I have fallen to that place again? I'm so, I'm so evil. I'm, I'm so bad. I'm, I'm such a Russia. I'm such a loyutzlach. I'll, I'll never make it. And from that place, we try to, to work on Shmir Sabris. Ends up being self-perpetuating. And it was that very shame that we were seeking to escape by numbing the pain of feeling so broken inside that ends up bringing us back to those behaviors which then lead to the feeling of intense shame and again berating ourselves and from that place saying, okay, I'm going to make another try because I just, I, I can't carry on living with myself when I see myself in such a negative way. What do you think is going to happen? It goes right back to the same thing again and again and again and again. And it's a mamash, a vicious cycle. So the Rebbe over here is giving us such a blessing. He's telling us there's one way really to start to really work on these things. It has to begin with self-compassion. It has to begin by redefining who we are. And not seeking to work on these things because I can't bear to live with myself any longer because I'm such, a, I'm such a lowly person. But wow, I'm such a good person. I'm such a sweet person. I can really make it. This is really not what I want. This is not serving me. I don't need this. I'm bigger than this. I'm holier than this. Now, in this moment, forgetting what yesterday held and forgetting what tomorrow may bring, but the secret which we've spoken about in previous year of Achshav, of right now in this moment, without judging the journey that led me here and without thinking about what tomorrow may bring. Achshav. What is my Avoida? Achshav. And then, because we built on a foundation of self-rachmanus, of self-compassion, and we rooted ourselves very deeply in the secret of achshav, of now, of the present moment, and then a person slowly but surely, and this can take many, many, many years, it's, it's part of the journey. There is no such thing as just, okay, person decides, boom, finished. The next day we carry on. Life continues Different circumstances develop, different stages of life. There's no escape from the human condition. There is no escape. And it's not a bidiyeved, it's a lichatchila. Adam la'amal yulad. The Pasuk doesn't say that man was born to one day awaken, figure everything out, and then carry on as an angel. It says man was born to toil. Adam Amal Yulad. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu set things up in such a way. Because we don't know, and we've discussed this in the past, we don't know what success means. We think success means perfection. It's a sheker. Success in the eyes of Hashem, as the tzaddikim tell us, means that each and every one of us does what is in our capacity each day and in every present moment situation to be better. That's what success means. Irrespective of how many times we may fail and falter and struggle and need to go ahead and to reassess and grow and, and to be pushed into new kinds of awareness where we become open to learning new things and, and, and taking new roots and, and new paths. 
That's the journey of life. Adam Amal Yulad. And so after this long period of time, and this doesn't mean again that you get out of Dimyan or that I'm free from the Yitzhahara, like Rabbi Nachman teaches, it's okay. You get past one stage and then you find yourself on the bottom of the next level of the staircase. Deserts, fields, and forests in the, in the terminology of the, of the lost princess, right? And a person breaks whatever that was, Zeu ikra that's 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 what shuva is, and shuva says Rabbi Nachman is possible for this avera, for this behavior, or for this set of behaviors, even though the Zara Kaddish says not that way, and that's what Rabbi Nachman teaches in this very very important um, teaching in Sicha Saran Ayin Aleph seventy one. Okay, so now with Hashem's help, let's take a look at some other sources that address this Zayar Kaddish and that came to the same conclusion, but with different angles. And we're going to see a little bit from Reb Nassim, we'll see from the Ishbitzer, and we'll see a few pieces from Sigazat Sadik and the Maranayim. Again, I don't know that we'll get to every single piece. It's a lot to get through and to get to and through um, and to bring in. That's the most important thing. But let's start, and if we have to make it uh, to Shir, I'm going to continue next week. That's also fine. So let's take a look at Reb Nassim in Lekutei Alachas Hilchas Tefillin. Reb Nassim takes a very, very interesting approach, a fascinating angle, to address the dissonance between the Zara Kaddish, which says there's no tshuva, and then Rabbi Nachman and many other tzaddikim rooted in the Reishas Chachman, the Ramak, and other tzaddikim that said there certainly is tshuva for this behavior. And Rabbi Nassim says like this, in the truest sense of every word, there is nothing that stands in the way of tshuva. Nothing. And even though there's a Pasuk in Mishle that refers to a certain kind of person walking into such a dark place that la yeshuvan, that there's no return. Whoever entered this place, kol ba'el la yeshuvan. And he translates this into what the Zara Kaddish says, that tshuva does not help for this Indian that's called pegam tipe hamayach. Because that's where the zera comes from. It's rooted in the, in the brain, in the, in the mind, the DNA, the root, the essence of the person. And when that behavior is engaged in, like we said, wastefully, there's a pegam, there's some kind of blemish that, that's, that's created. In the truest, truest, truest sense, mayol tshuva, tshuva helps. And as all the Sfarim, before Ibn Achman, all the Sfarim said this. And says Rabbi Nassim, and I heard Rabbi Nachman speak about this Beferish. So then here, of course, is the question. So then what is the Zarah saying? Why then does the Zarah tell us that there is no tshuva? Here Rabbi Nassim explains. Innovative, very, very innovative. He says the reason the Zara Kaddish says that there's no tshuva is because the intensity of this blemish and what it does to the person on an emotional level and how deeply it cuts to the root of the person's core and to the essence of our experience in this world as an ashama in a guf. The tshuva process, I'm going to say it outside first and then we'll read it inside. The tshuva process, the healing process, for this dimyan necessitates the person pushing past the most fearsome of obstacles. That's what the tshuva process requires for such an intense pagam. 
tshuva is going to be commensurately more difficult for a person that's become trapped in such a dark place. And so one of the conditions for that difficult tshuva is that a person is going to need to push past fearsome obstacles and find incredible wellsprings of hope and of inner strength and of chizuk and of confidence and of defiance to be able to make it. Says Reb Nassen, we're going to read this inside in a minute, says Reb Nassen, okay, so what is this obstacle that the person needs to break past in order to experience the tshuva necessary for such a big pigam, for such a terrible blemish? What is that obstacle? Says Reb Nassen, this Zayar Kaddish is the obstacle. Believing that tshuva won't work is the obstacle that the person needs to push past and ignore if they are to access the tshuva necessary to rectify such a blemish. You hear this? Unbelievable. Let's read it inside. Because the blemish is so intense, and so all-encompassing, and so life-defining. The person will need to be cleansed through a long journey that will require him standing up against awesome obstacles of feeling pushed away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and nonetheless finding some kind of hope deep within the wellspring of his or her being to carry on nonetheless. A person experiences such a, be- a feeling of being pushed away which is manifest in this Zayar. That he looks and he sees black on white. Chazal are telling me. Tshuva Tshuva doesn't help. Wait, but Tshuva does help. So why would the Zayar Kaddish write that Tshuva doesn't help? Aha, says Reb Because that is the Tshuva for this Avera. To somehow find the strength to believe that even though the Zayar says that Tshuva doesn't help, even though I feel that Hashem, speaking through his tzaddikim, Reb Shimon Bar Yechai, no less, seems to be pushing me away, I refuse to back down. I refuse to let go of this dream. I refuse to forget and to, and to shut out that thin, still voice inside of me that's crying out for authentic connection. That's the tshuva, says Reb Nassim, for this behavior. But if a person will act in a foolish way, and hear those words again, and a person will not have compassion on himself to ensure that a person doesn't forfeit his entire life. And again, I, I don't think he's speaking here about Olam Haba. Just living like a human being. And when a person like that reads the Zara Kaddish and doesn't have compassion on himself, as I might say, so then he'll excuse himself. And I'll say, I don't, I don't have to work on this anymore because there's no hope for me. He'll find a Pesach, to distance himself from the path of self-rectification. What do you want from me? Chazal already told me that there's no help, so I'm hopeless. This is a radical teaching from Reb Nassan, right? That means that those words in the Zara Kaddish are the voice of the Yitzhahara, not the voice of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. 
There's a Maimar Chazal that's there for us to overcome the tendency to believe it. There's a Maimar Chazal that the whole purpose of this Maimar Chazal is for us to look it in the face and say, I don't care. Like Rabbi Nachman says, She'ein hadavar kein. It's a shocking thing. Powerful thing. Game-changing thing. Because when you find people, people like you and me, people that haven't lost touch with that impulse toward Kedusha, with that belief that we can live a life of Yishavadas in this world, and we think about our Tachlis, and we think about the lives that we're living and the ways that we want to live, here, these this lushen again, and we have self compassion, and we look at ourselves in the mirror, and we don't simply buy the external image of how things might appear—not on a physical level, on a circumstantial level, a behavioral level—but we look ourselves in the eyes, and we see the eyes of a child. We see the eyes of a youth filled with wonder. Filled with hope. And we have compassion on ourselves. And we cut out the negative voices in our mind. So such a person, even though we may encounter every kind of perception of Hashem pushing us away and feeling like there's no hope for us, and even though it's written on that person, that tshuva doesn't help. And of course, on a literal level, these words mean even though it is written about this person. But I think we can take it on a more literal level. <laughs> a person can sometimes look in the mirror and ki'ilu, he sees it stamped on his forehead like Kayan. Like it's written on him. Chuva does not help. Hopeless. Useless. All these different stamps that we feel are tattooed onto us. Shekaisvim alav. Person doesn't doesn't focus on this at all. Adarab, on the contrary, If this is what I'm going through, and these are the voices that I hear, whether they're external voices, even from Chazal, even from the Zayar, or certainly if they're internal voices, compelling me to give up. And this is what I struggle with, and this is what I'm up against. And I have every reason in the book to cancel out of ways on the proverbial phone of my life and to go home and to stop recalculating and to stop recalibrating. And it would be the easiest thing for me to just give up. Such a person has every right to have even greater self-compassion, not less to put things into perspective, to see him, self or herself, as if he or she would relate to a child that's really going through a tough time. As he or she would or does relate to others who are struggling with so much kindness, with so much compassion, with so much understanding and an appreciation for their efforts. Wow. It's so hard for me. And even though it's so hard for me, and even though I go through so much, I'm not giving up. Wow. That's really special. That's really amazing. And we start from that place of where Rabbi Nachman called We start from this place. 
then a little bit we begin to unravel the cycle of shame, seeking escape, acting out shame. Seeking escape, acting out shame. We start to unravel this. Because these kinds of behaviors thrive in an environment of self-doubt, self-loathing, shame, and a feeling of unworthiness. All of which, by the way, can be translated as a lack of emuna, but without getting into that now. All of which fall under the category of koyach hadimyan. Not seeing things for what they are. Not seeing ourselves for who we are. And when we can begin to unravel this terrible, terrible, vicious cycle, not by finding so much chizik in working on these things because I berate myself and I, I want to eradicate and stamp out the rishas inside of me, I have a demon inside of me, and I, and, and, and I can't continue to live with myself any longer, and I can't, I can't, I'm so ashamed to, to look at myself in the mirror. And No, because that, that would never work. That will never, ever work. But instead, Adarabha, by beginning to water, water the flower pot of my soul, to believe that underneath the dirt and the soil and that which appears to be so filthy are seeds, holy, holy, holy seeds of Kedusha that need to be watered with love, that need to be watered with compassion, that need to be watered with consciousness, to be aware of who I am and what I am and what my essence in Kedusha is. Then the cycle begins to be you pended. And that fundamental link of shame is taken out of the equation so that when I feel the impulse towards certain behaviors, I'm able to react differently, with more consciousness, with self-respect and dignity, compassion, Hope, emuna. Yeshle Rachmanas Yoiser al Atzmai. Ki afal pikein ma yehe besoifo yemayasaliyim pekuda. I care too much about me. You care too much about you. To let life go to waste. Not because I'm afraid of Gehenna in the next world. Hopefully there is some fear that I have, an amuna in Scharen Oynish. That's a complicated sugya. But because I really do believe that I was put in this world to do something bigger, to be something greater, to self-manifest the chelik elokami mal that I contain within my essence my godliness, and to bring that out of others, and to bring that out of nature, and to bring that out of, of life, of the human experience. I have compassion on myself. So he says, somebody who doesn't want to fool himself, so as not to waste the precious gift of life, the precious gift of of manifesting our greatness, of building a conscious relationship with Hashem that's ever-present, that's real, of keeping a clear channel, which is the most important, which we've been speaking about, self-compassion, self-awareness, cutting through the dimion of messages that we might have gotten from others or that we've given to ourselves these labels of keeping the channel open, to have real, authentic relationships with others, and to keep the channel open between us and Akadosh Baruch Hu. 
Such a person, the more that he or she sees that we are, again, in any context, we're speaking about one particular context here, specific, but it's true for every challenge. The more we feel that we're being pushed away, the way that we respond is not by going more deeply into shame and even God can't stand me and see what it's written about me in the Zarqa that I'm so hopeless, I'm the worst. No. On the contrary, we respond to these messages with even greater compassion. And he begins to cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we'll see from the Meyer and the next source, even more deeply, from a place of such desperate authenticity and transparency. Until Hashem must appear. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is full of love. He's full of kindness. And there is nothing in the world that stands in the way of tshuva. Like we see, there were so many individuals that were living a life of slumber and of disconnect and of challenge. And of delusion. To the point that they had separated themselves completely from the realm of avoda, working, caring. When it came time for them to have their awakening. And in all of our lives that happens not a moment before, not a moment after. It needs to happen. Not a moment before and not a moment after. We are ready for it to happen. Because it's a process. It cannot be forced. It cannot be forced. It's a story that's developing through us. And when that moment came in their lives, Niskablu Bachuva, they were received with great love and understanding. So the same is true for our lives. When a person will withstand and overcome this Nisayon. But again, which Nisayon? Not the Nisayon of Pgama Bris. Not the Nisayon of, of, of Shmir Senaim. That's not the Nisayon he's talking about. He's talking about the Nisayon that prevents us from working on those things, which is the Nisayon of a deluded self-image. The Nisayon of believing messages about our identity that seek to constrict and limit and negate the goodness that fills our heart from the time that we were very young. That's the Nisoyan that we're speaking about here. The Nisoyan of looking at Azara Kadesh that tells us that, there's, that this sin is so terrible that there's no tshuva. And still finding somehow the strength to not give up. The strength to have compassion when I feel that I have every reason to condemn myself. That Nisoyan. Because the Nisoyan of Pagama Bris Ba'atzmai, the Nisoyan of, of, of looking where we're not supposed to look again, is, is a symptom. It's not the issue itself. It's a symptom of living a life of shame. It's a symptom of living life disconnected from my essential dignity. Well, that's a very challenging inner world to experience. And so we seek to numb that pain by escaping. But the problem is, is that the solution that we found naturally intensifies the shame. And when the shame is intensified, we seek to escape even more intensely. And then we seek to act out even more intensely, which intensifies the shame and so on. And so the true Nisayan is not working on Shemir Zabris. 
The true Nisayan is working on self-compassion. I really can't overstate the importance of this because this is, uh, this is a, really a paradigm shift. This is something that Baruch Hashem now, little bit, a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of it, not a lot of it, a lot. We are, we are really coming around to a much more healthy understanding of this challenge in our generation for our children and our grandchildren. Things are going to be looked at very differently. But Rabbi Nachman came long before the, the mental health revolution. Rabbi Nachman said this hundreds of years ago. It's not a matter of beating yourself up. It's a matter of building yourself up to the point that you're lifted higher, higher than needing to escape from the shame of existing. Again and again and again and again, we continue to see this Lashen. Rachmanus, Rachmanus al Atzmai. Rachmanus Yoiser al Atzmai. Self compassion. Affirmations. Taking a minute in the morning, I mentioned this in, in, in previous Shiurim, to look yourself in the eyes and smile at yourself. Be kind to yourself. Maintain a conscious contact all the time with your essential goodness, your essential sweetness, your essential holiness. That all the behaviors for however many years or decades that have come to convince you or me that we have every reason to be ashamed were only the result of some kind of corrupt messaging that we either picked up from our, our parents or that we picked up in school or that we picked up from others that then become ki'ilu, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Wow, I really am a bad guy. Well, all of these behaviors may seem to turn you into this bad guy, but they are the result of a pre-existing self-belief that you and I had or have about ourselves. And so step one is not to squash ourselves and then leap into some kind of delusion that we're going to leave that ugly part of ourselves away and somehow try to connect ourselves to Kedusha. It doesn't work that way because there is no part of ourselves that's worth stepping on in the hope of getting somewhere higher. That's the reason we keep on falling is because we are rooted in this mahalach. Step one, self-compassion. Self-care. Investing in ourselves. Believing, consciously reminding ourselves, I am good. I have, this is the secret of the nakuda toiva. It's not just one time I did a good thing. That that one time having done a good thing becomes a window into the essence of light that I contain within. I'm holy. I'm pure. I'm good. I want to do good. That's all I ever wanted. That's who I am. And when we begin from there, says Reb Nassim, as I and in so doing we overcome this challenge, that's created by the Zayar Kaddish, not addressed by the Zayar Kaddish. The Zayar Kaddish is not addressing the challenge of Shmir Sabris and telling me, ah, there's no tshuva for it. The Zayar Kaddish is creating the challenge necessary to elicit from within myself a degree of self-compassion that can enable me to break free. That's something very different. And then a person can fix, and then a person can rise, and then a person can walk a path of elevation. Because even though it looks like Hashem is pushing me away in one way or another, because I had Sadiqim that whispered to me the truth, 
that guided me along a path of self-compassion, self-awareness, to break free from the Kayachadimian that we used to call the Yetzahara. Azai Hashem Yizbarach Merachim Alav. Then a Baruch whose mercy washes over me. And I become ever closer to Hashem, not despite this challenge, but because of this. Because I was able to withstand and to emerge victorious from this inner battle. And I become ever closer to HaKadosh Baruch ever more connected, ever more grateful for the gift of Hashem's love, for the gift of the divine spark that I carry at the deepest, 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 deepest place of my identity. This is Lukute Alachas Hilchas Tefillin Dalid, commenting on Sicha Saran Ayin Aleph, a hugely important sugya because, like I mentioned, the challenges in this realm are vast in our generation. Who among us doesn't struggle? Myself included. All of us. Who among us doesn't struggle in one way or another with this general realm, whether it manifests within the behaviors in an area of Pagama Bris or it manifests in, in, in any place of unhealth, whatever that may be or look like. Who among us doesn't struggle with negative self-messaging? Says Rabbi Nachman, it begins with compassion. And it begins achshav, begins now. Let's take a look at the Me'ashilach and then we'll finish the shir for today. We'll continue with um, sources three through six, Be'ezer Hashem, next week. Where the Me'ashilach takes a little bit of a different approach. The Tzaddik says just one line from a bit of a longer piece. He says, V'hini kavanas rajbi, the kavana of Rabbi Shimon Reichai, again addressing this Zara Kaddish. Besefer HaZayar in the Zayar that again says that there's no tshuva for this particular Avera of, of immorality in this way. He says it's not true. There's tshuva for everything, for everything, for everything. Tshuva works. So why does the Zayar say that tshuva doesn't work? He says it was a strategy to communicate to us the severity of this area of unhealth along the human journey. So that a person should appreciate the gravity of this category of behaviors and invest the necessary effort to work on it. And a person should understand this is something that a Kodesh Baruch Hu really wants us to care about, really wants us to be open to the process of healing. And it is a process, but to be in the game, not to give up. And the most important thing is, like Reb Nassim had said over here too, to Davin, right? To scream out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu about it, because we understand that this is something that matters. It matters a whole lot. This is the battle of our generation, but again, and with this we'll finish, the battle is not in the symptom. The battle is in the core. The symptom being unhealthy means of escape. Whether it's in sexuality, which is what we're speaking about now, immorality of any kind, whether it's eating, whether it's social media, whether it's entertainment, anything to an extreme where we feel that we need to numb the pain of living to escape, the, the challenge is not in what we are acting and how we are behaving the challenge is in the internal messaging that fosters the sense of shame so intense that we feel the need to run away that we feel the need to escape and to move into some kind of 
comfort of one way or another, but a, a comfort that ultimately perpetuates this, this terrible cycle. Okay, so we'll finish for today with this. I think we, we covered a lot and it's such a big topic and there's so much to discuss and, and, and there are so many levels and angles and facets and every person's journey is different, but it's a journey that really all of us are on together. It's, it's a journey of looking past the layers of delusion to identify the truth, the truth. And the truth is a truth of holiness. It's a truth of goodness. It's a truth of Kedusha that you and I have at our essence. That's the truth. The greater the delusion of the way that we look at ourselves, the greater the delusion we're going to look at others, the greater the delusion with which we're going to look at the world, the greater delusion we fall into a dimion. Hashem should help us to break free from the dimion. Not from the dimion that's usually translated as you know, delusions of grandeur, that we think we're different than we are, better than we are. That's not the delusion. The delusion that our generation is struggling with is the delusion that we're so much worse than we are. Because the MS is we are so good. We are so good. We're heroically good. Hashem should bless us to see it in ourselves. Hashem should bless me to see it in myself. Hashem should bless us to get in touch with that peace within, that Evan Shasia, that indestructible core, that stone that cannot be reduced further, to open its channels and allow it to send forth its streams of bracha and atzlacha and elevation throughout our entire body, throughout our entire soul, throughout our entire psyche and um, we should be beacons of light because we are beacons of light. We just have to open the window shades and let it let it out. Let it flow forth to the world. Okay, Chavar, thank you for joining me. Missed you. It's great to be back learning together even though I'm so far away <laughs> and I, I miss learning with you in person. But I look forward to it again. Be'ezus Hashem, Bekar of Mamish. This is our challenge. This is our challenge. With great simcha and hope, let's march further recalculating, heading to the destination. Wishing everybody the most beautiful, beautiful day. And Be'ez Rosham, we'll see you next week and we'll finish up the sources. Okay? Kaltav, thank you guys so much for joining. Ashrecha, Ashreinu, Ashreinu. Thank you.